The Get Real Indie Filmcast with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. Back we are on the uh, filmmaking podcast that we call Get Real because it's all about, uh, you know, getting to the truth. Um, covering topics that uh, maybe some other podcasts about filmmaking are afraid to talk about. And today, we're talking about when to fire someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Forrest, by the way, you, um, you're back. I am You weren't back. on the last show. Well, you were kind of on the last show. Yeah, I was in but, Savannah, Georgia when you, when you were uh, all by your lonesome. <laughs> yes, and you were, you were driving. Uh, did you drive or did you fly? No, I flew. But oh, okay. We, okay. we flew to Florida and then had to, to Jacksonville and then had to drive the hour and 15 minutes or whatever to Savannah. So it, I, I put in some driving time too. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on the show. And uh, we were ta- we were talking off the air that um, it's probably a good idea that you're here because it prevents me from saying things I shouldn't say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I always have to go, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey so, Michael uh, Bays. When I have to use your whole name, you know, that's when <laughs> it's like, okay, I better back down. <laughs> So our guest today is Mara Lessman. She's she's been on quite a bit. She was on a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. And by the way, if you're playing podcast bingo, this episode goes with episode number 13, 16, and three. What? <laughs> yes. So if you're if you want to go back and listen to other episodes that, that are related to today's episode. Oh, I gotcha. 13, 16, and 3. Okay. Um, we'll get you all of those kind of producery kind of topics. Now, firing somebody, this has happened. This actually happened on my production recently. Uh, we had to fire somebody. Um, it's a scary thing to do, especially if you're not used to doing it, if you're uh, new to the, pro- you know, the producer side of things. Or, um, you know, I'm, you know, even for any situation, it's, it's a difficult thing to do, to decide, um, you know. Uh, so Mara's going to give us some confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to... She's going to tell us how it's done. Yeah, and she uh she she's like the ultimate indie filmmaker because She really uh, is. We've had her on several times and she's just a wealth of knowledge and uh, uh, passionate about filmmaking. So she's really cool to talk to and a great person to learn from, a person who's been through it. So what she says is yeah. gold to me. And uh, you know, and when she talks about firing people like for instance, you can fire people who uh, who uh, are working for free. You know, I was working on a set once for free, and and you know, I feel like I probably could have got fired because I made some mistakes, novice mistakes, not you know, not intentional, but recording some audio in the wrong bit rate, and I didn't know, and uh-huh. I learned, and I'll always remember. But they were like, uh, you know, after a day of shooting, and I'm like, oh. It was still usable audio, but it wasn't, you know, the industry standard. I had no clue. I had no clue. And uh, I do now. I even made a sticker on my audio. (laughs) Actually, my new audio equipment doesn't even record any lower than that bit rate. (laughs) Well, making uh, mistakes is not as bad as just not doing the job. Right. Yeah. Now that's another story. That there there's there are these people that you get on every production uh-huh. that are just kind of sticks in the mud. And for whatever reason, 
Um, they don't really like the production or they're just, they just don't have a good work ethic or, you know, they're upset about the, the rate of pay or whatever, or they don't see the big picture. Mm-hmm. They just don't do the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, sometimes it's somebody that really wants to quit, but they're afraid to, uh, say anything. Yep. So they just kind of fold up and stop talking. We had this happen, um, uh, actually a couple of weeks ago where somebody quit on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing she did was uh, she just went quiet, stopped replying to emails. Uh, this was after we hired her and, uh, you know, she was excited and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, you know, as soon as uh, we were, you know, expecting her to do things and we were checking up on things that she was, you know, assigned to do, uh, she just went quiet. No oh, reply. Uh, this went on for a week. And then at that point, we had already decided to replace her. Mm-hmm. And then we finally heard from her. And here's the text message that she sent me. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> here's the text message. Hey, I'm sorry, but I've been unemployed and looking for work. And I'm afraid I can no longer have the time to commit to anything else at the moment. So does that make sense to you that she's she's really got nothing else going on? So, yeah, I don't really have time for this. (laughs) What doesn't make sense is is to commit to something and then just back away because of another reason. I mean, I guess if it was a, you know, if it was a reason like, hey, I got a job and I'm really in a tough spot. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If you you have a job, if you have another job and you're too busy. But to quit sense. something because you have nothing else going on makes no sense to me. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I, I need something to keep my mind occupied. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or maybe, maybe you'll find a job when you join the team and start talking with people and networking. Networking. That's the way you yeah. do it. Networking is like, is the most important thing you can do. I network a lot. Some people tell me to just to shut up, you stop networking. <laughs> no, but I mean, really, you got to talk to everybody and, and you don't network from sitting on your couch. You know, yeah, you, you really I think don't. a lot of people, a lot of people just don't see the the amount of doors they are closing uh-huh. when they make a decision like that. You got it. When they, when they decide to be unprofessional. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Doors closing people. Uh, you know, if it's not an immediate reward, uh, you know what I mean? It, they shut a door, which might not be an immediate reward, but down the road. You know, you meet somebody who remembers you. Well, people are going to remember that for sure. So you've closed a lot of doors in the future. And those are the ones you never open again. Well, I'm excited to talk to Maura about those films that she's made and get her advice on on this burning question. When do you fire somebody? When when is too much? How, How long do you wait? When a problem arises, when is it time to... Let somebody go on your film production. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Mara, indie producer, right after this. That's one thing Alfred Hitchcock was really good at: creating suspense with a camera. 
For the last couple of years, I've been teaching Hitchcock suspense techniques at festivals like Buffalo, St. Louis, Palm Springs, Los Angeles. Filmmakers are learning easy tricks for building suspense that are so easy to implement. Now there's a way for you to get access in my new book, Suspense with a Camera. It's available in bookstores now. And don't miss our free docuseries on YouTube called Hitch 20. Welcome back to the show, and uh, uh, Forrest talks, uh, you, know, you, you know, we can have a whole separate show about uh, just the things we talk about during the break. Yeah, yeah, we could, and some of it probably, <laughs> that, that that would, we probably have to put like the, like one of those explicit ratings on them or something. Yes. It's not bad, it's just like, you know, yes. it's like, you know. But even more interesting is what we actually talk about on the show. Yep. Uh, today we're talking about when to fire someone, mm. and uh, joining us now is Mara Lessman. She's back. All right. Uh, our favorite guest she on is. the podcast. Uh, she's an indie producer, and she has written two feature films, Detours, which includes Richard Kind, by the way. Great film. And Surviving Family. Both of those films are on Amazon Prime. Mara, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. We were kind of talking about this. Um, one of the things that sometimes comes up in an independent production or any production for that matter is when someone on the team just isn't working out. What do you do? <laughs> Panic. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you, one of the, one of the things that uh, on my first feature, Surviving Family, um, we have a team member who was fairly high up in the rankings. I'm gonna not gonna name names at all in this conversation. Um, but this person had been brought on in conjunction with uh, between me as the writer producer and my director Laura Tees, and we had hired this person. And about halfway through pre-production, I started to have concerns that. I, I wasn't sure that she was up to the task, that she knew how to do some of the things that I thought she should be able to do. And uh, and I was concerned, but I didn't say anything. My single biggest mistake, I assumed that everybody was perfectly happy with her. And yeah, there's the old saying, when you assume you make an ass of you and me, and I assumed, and it was a serious mistake. Um, in fact, it turned out when the whole thing was said and done, just to jump to the end momentarily, uh, my director had been having exactly the same concerns and she thought, well, Mara's fine with it. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we made a sacred promise to each other, uh, that if we do something together again, we will always speak up when we have any concerns. Um, and I, I made the mistake of just letting it go on to the point where I was literally having nightmares about things that were not getting done in pre-production. But, you know, I, I hired an extra person who took care of some of those. 
it got to the point later on in the production where um, something very serious wasn't done and we had a major blow up. And, uh, you know, th- this person ended up staying on the production to the end, but should have been fired released, let go, (laughs) reassigned very early in pre-production. So the first thing I would say is that if you have concerns when you are putting together a feature or or a short, talk to other people. Uh, there's a good chance that if you have concerns, there's somebody else on your team who has concerns as well. Uh, the second thing I, I would say is trust your instincts. We had on my second feature detours, we had two incidents. One was pretty straightforward. We had a sound guy who was not recording room tone. And I'm I'm sure you guys know that's very important to the editor. When you finish a scene, you need to get room tone that's going to be used in the editing process to fill in the silences in the background and so forth. And he just, he was only doing it about half the time and we let him go. And that was pretty straightforward. But we again had a situation where uh, I had concerns about someone in pre-production and I didn't say it. And it was kind of, well, no, actually this time I did say it, but I let the person stay on um, and I shouldn't have done so. So the, the the most important thing that I would say is, first of all, talk to other people. And second of all, trust your instincts. How do you decide if they stay on or if they um, or if you should fire them? It's and that's a great that's a great question and I, unfortunately there's no simple answer to that. The second situation that we had, the person wasn't quite as high ranking, but was still quite high in the production team. And the reason that I did not let him go initially, yeah. we had we had an argument early on about um, a car, which sounds like a very silly thing to be arguing about. But if you watch my movie Detours, you'll see that it was a road trip movie. And the car that's in the movie is my mother's car. She let us use it for free. The insurance was covered, yada, yada, yada. You know, get away cheap where you can when you're Mm -hmm. making it a feature. Absolutely. Um, This this team member came to me with the idea that we should get one of those great Hollywood cars that comes apart in pieces. So, you know, we could take off the roof and the doors and the side and everything and yada, yada. And it wouldn't that look great. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, you're right. It would look absolutely fabulous if I were making a James Bond movie. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) the bottom line was that was basically the rental of such a car would be pretty much the entire budget of the movie. So, um, and I didn't mind him bringing up the idea. Every I love to hear everybody's ideas. The point where I realized that we could have an issue was when after a meeting in which we hashed this whole thing out, I said, no, we're not going to do it. And that's just what it is. I heard from another team member that the subject of the core was still under discussion. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I basically said, no, it's not under discussion. And the next time we had a staff meeting, I said, absolutely. Does everybody understand there is no further discussion? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, and I kind of put it down to maybe a little bit of sexism. All these people were men. I was the only woman on this team. And I said, well, you know, maybe they're just, they, they're challenging the woman in the room, 
you know, to stand up for herself and, you know, put down a little bit of insurrection. And, you know, that happens. I've mm -hmm. dealt with it many times in my life. Later on in this whole production, we, uh, we were doing a road scene where we hired something that's called a process trailer. And I don't know if you've ever seen one of them, but basically you put the car on it mm -hmm. and, and you, you use it to shoot road scenes and it's fabulous. I mean, it really gives you an amazing look and we had it, no joke. It took us three weeks to, to get one because it turns out there's only one on the East coast. There's dozens of them on the West coast. There's literally one on the East coast. So we hire this thing to get some great shots. We got police coverage. You know, they're giving us a, uh, an escort. We've got all the safety stuff. And the same guy announces that he doesn't think it's safe. Now this is, in the middle of production, um, we've got everybody, we've spent weeks getting this whole thing organized. We're doing it the next day, and he announces that it's not safe. Mm -hmm. This is the same guy who'd argued about the car. And we went around and around in circles, and finally I said, look, you know, we've got the cops, we've got the safety people, we've got everything um, they're clearing the road for us. Yeah. Um, they, literally, they were clearing Route 195 in New Jersey for us for an hour. Wow. Um, yeah, because, they, you know, it was an off day. It's yeah. by, by then we'd made we'd made nice with the cops. They liked us. Um, and he I said, look, if you're really not comfortable with it, you could excuse yourself from the shoot for that day. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll, we'll have somebody else manage it. And he said, no, 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 no. That what if a kid? And he said, what if uh, the lead actress, Tara Westwood, is a mom? And so he started playing on her as a mom and saying, well, what if a little kid runs out in front of the road and we hit and kill the little kid who's chasing the ball? I'm like, on Route 195, we've yeah. got a little kid. Plus, it was so manipulative, you know, playing to the mom and the group to worry about her kid. And basically, he wouldn't give in and wouldn't excuse himself and if you asked him he would say he quit and i would say he was fired it doesn't matter because at the end of the day we couldn't make it work now this is the same person who i'd had the fight with about the car right i should have known sooner Sooner. I should have, I was very concerned when we had this argument about the car that my authority was not going to be respected here. And I said to myself, oh no, you're being silly. I, as a producer, should have trusted my instinct and told him that this simply isn't going to work out. You know, nothing against you. I'm sure you're a terrific person, but we don't look at things the same way and I need to make a change here. You know, maybe it's possible and I don't want to generalize to women in general, men in general. I think it's possible that women have a little bit more of an issue pulling the trigger on these things mm -hmm. because we want to be liked as well as respected. And sometimes you have to recognize that you're going to piss somebody off. Right. And you may hurt somebody's feelings, but at the end of the day, if you're the producer or the director or what, you know, whatever your senior role in this thing is, you need to make the tough decision. And even if you're not a hundred percent sure, you've got to sit down and say, what does my gut tell me? And my gut told me way back in the beginning <laughs> that this person was not a fit 
and I didn't trust it. So I would really encourage people to be willing to hurt feelings and to trust their gut. We, we as filmmakers tend to, you know, at the indie level, at the low budget level, however you want to term it, we put our heart and soul into these things. And it becomes such a labor of love that sometimes we neglect to look at it as a business. Um, and that, I think, is a, an extraordinarily important point to make that, uh, you know, most of us also have or have had uh, day jobs to, to pay the bills. And we are always at risk of getting fired or let go. And we need to look at our people the same way. And I would take it a step further and say that even in a situation where you're not paying people, there may be times when you need to let people go. Because that person who's on your production, even if they are, quote unquote, doing you a favor, if the work isn't getting done, if the job isn't getting done, they're not doing you any favor and you need to make a change. So let's say you've you've made the decision. It's time for this person to go. Um, And you've built up the confidence and you're you're you know, you're sure this is this is definitely the way to go. So how do you actually tell them? It's. Because that's that's the scary part. Do you do it by email, text message? Do you just not put them on the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's at all possible, I think I think this is a case of where I would say, what would you want somebody to do if it were you? And you know, the old golden rule: do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Do it face to face. If it is at all possible, sit down with the person and don't make them come in the next morning in order to be fired. I mean, yeah. it's do it, you know, at the end of, at the end of a previous day, sit down quietly. Don't humiliate them in other, in front of other people. If you can possibly avoid, avoid it, don't be a pain in the ass. Just now there have been times when I have said things in front of other people, but the best way to do it, in my opinion, is sit down quietly just with that person. And if you want to have another team member with you, that's great um, for whether it's moral support or for, you know, to make sure that if you forgot one point that there's some, there's another person there who's going to bring up something that you might've missed. It's better to do it in person. If you can't do that, do it by phone. It would be second best and email would be third and text would be the, <laughs> the final one. <laughs> uh, I, Having said that, um, there is some value, I think, um, depending on, you know, what your situation is in terms of contracts and payment and so forth. You may also want to slash need to follow up in writing just so that if, you know, a week, a month, a year from now, somebody says, well, that's not what happened. You may want to put it down in writing to the person, you know, with a couple of CCs or BCCs um, so that everybody knows exactly what's going on and nobody's going to turn around later and, uh, and say, oh no, that's not what happened. You also need to, if you're assuming that this, that this is a person in a paid position, you also have to be clear on what point they're being paid till was it the previous day is it that day whatever um but be be as completely upfront as as you can i have had situations where i sort of sugarcoated a little bit um <laughs> where i was just not quite as negative as i wanted to be and that i don't have an issue with that um there are times where you need to 
get the person out of there and telling them that they really did a crappy job is not really the biggest issue. The biggest yeah. issue is to, to get them out of there before there's more, more damage done. So, you know, you don't have to say they're the, the worst person in that position in the history of filmmaking, <laughs> even if you're feeling that <laughs> at that moment. Hmm. What would you recommend to someone uh, in a preventative measure as opposed to a reactionary measure of firing somebody? How do you prevent um, having these problems if you can at all? One of the things, there's a couple of ways. One is to be absolutely, be as sure as you can be that the person has the experience that need that's needed for the job that you're hiring them to do. Um, the first person who I mentioned um, from my first feature, Surviving Family, had done an equivalent job on a short movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and had no feature film experience at all. Um, so if you can, if you're doing a feature, I have been trying to, as much as possible, hire people who have feature film experience, even if it's at a lower level than where I'm hiring them. Because... Let's say for the sake of argument, that, and I'm, this is not what people were doing, but let's say you're hiring someone to be a first assistant camera. Um, I would rather hire a first AC who's been a second AC on a feature than someone who's been a first AC 10 times on shorts. Because there's certain things that just go into making a feature that you know, in terms of the amount of time and commitment and the number of things that are going on, um, that just, there's a leap from like a 10 to 15 minute short to a 90 minute or two hour feature. That's, that's right. a huge leap. And if you haven't made that leap, I, I think it's tough to imagine that. Um, certainly you'd need to always get references and to talk to people who, who worked with this person before it, but it's still, that still is not always sufficient because in the second case, I certainly did have good references and the person swore up and down that this was a very good worker. You know, and sometimes, and I think you have to just accept that sometimes it's a, it's a personality difference. Um, you know, it's, I think if the person is sufficiently high up on your project, on your team, you may want to do two interviews instead of just one. You may want to uh, go out to lunch and see how the person interacts with you in a a social situation when perhaps their guard is down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when in your experience, how do you know you should fire somebody as opposed to, you know, are they having a bad day or, or are they going to have a bad shoot? How do you decide whether to fire somebody? What, what is that moment for you? In, in the example of the person who was on my movie detours, I, when this guy asked the first time about renting the car that you have to take apart, which I thought was a ridiculous idea in the first place. That was not the point to fire him when he came up with that idea. Mm-hmm. It was a stupid idea in my opinion that didn't, that showed a lack of understanding of the project. 
But the point when I think I should have fired him was when I learned that he had told another crew member that the car was still under discussion. That was the point because that was several days later. It was clear in my discussion with this crew member that he had that his impression post dated the meeting at which I had said, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. So my what I took as clear cut. Absolutely not. We're not doing that. (laughs) Clearly didn't get through (laughs) or or he thought that he could, given a couple more weeks, talk me into his perspective because he knew better in his opinion. So that to me in that case was when I should have fired this person going back to, so I think it's valid to give them a second chance, but that's not a long chance. That's uh, if two days later, you're still having serious doubts about whether this person either can or perhaps will do the job properly. That's the point to, uh, to, to pull the trigger. Getting back to surviving family, which was my first feature, we had a big issue. We, we shot part of the, we shot most of the movie in New Jersey, but there was a period, there's a, a section of about five days, which we shot in Pennsylvania, which meant that we had to move the team out there, arrange motels, inexpensive motels, mm-hmm. and get the trucks and everything to bring everything out there for a period of time and arrange for the food out there. There were several times when I said to the person who I should have fired, how do we stand with that? And she said, I'm working on it. And I would come back a few days later and say, do you have the motels? And well, I asked so-and-so to work on it. And, you know, yeah, exactly. And I went to so-and-so and and he, well, uh, he came up with some weird ass idea. No. And by the third day, I ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I ended up getting a phone, making all the, all the motel reservations and arranging for the food. That's the point at which I should have fired her. Mm-hmm. Um, because she had neither done it nor managed to assign it to somebody else. And it would have been absolutely fine to assign it to somebody else. But when I, as the producer became sufficiently concerned that she wasn't doing this. That, that should have been my clue yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, or at the very least demote her, you know, that if she, you know, there were the way I have described her to people uh, is that she liked walking around with a headset on and looking important. Yeah. <laughs> and act, you know, you know, the type mm-hmm. of, yeah, yeah. Don't, um, she, she liked that look. She liked, you know, looking like she knew what she was doing more than she actually did. So the point at which I had to take part of her job and do it myself, and believe me, I had a hundred other things I needed to be doing at that point was the point I should have known to fire her. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting back to the original question, I think it's, you give the person at, at least a second chance um, to fix what they were doing, fix their behavior, 
um, respond better to your supervision. But if after that you're still not getting what you need, then I think it's the, that's the time. Um, I, you know, I think if it's in, in terms of a corporate job, um, of which I've had many, and if I'm not doing my job, um, I would be let go. And I don't think it should be, any, it, it can't be any different on a film set. No, it can't be. And uh, say you do pull the trigger and you do fire somebody and you can't do the work yourself, like you did the work yourself. What do you do? What what advice do you give to somebody? Scramble. Scramble. That's actually a very good question. And the second one on detours, um, that person had to be replaced, at least in part. Um we and I, my line producer was very closely involved in these discussions, and uh, she actually was pre- was pushing me to fire the guy before I did. She's tougher than I am. <laughs> no, and seriously, she had made and she had hired him. She had she had found him. She had hired him. She was also ready to fire him before I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, um, at the point that. I had made that decision, but before we actually pulled the trigger, she got on the phone and started calling through everybody who we had not hired for that position. And several of the people who we had not hired were su- were simply too expensive. Yep. Uh, but at this point, we were about halfway through production, and we agreed that even if the person's day rate was higher, it was going to be a small for a smaller number of days. So we had to just bite the bullet and cut cut budget some a few other places um and that's that's pretty much what happened she was able to bring somebody else on board for about half of the remaining time um and then he he was only able to stay for basically half of the remaining time and then the the job was divvied up among multiple people for the last few days but the first thing that happened was yeah she she got on the phone and she just started calling with the knowledge that we had to to ramp up the budget for that position because we were up a creek at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and she was able to find somebody who literally showed up the next day, um, and did a fantastic job and, you know, it w- will be my go-to person for that position if I, you know, ever produce another feature. But yeah, the, you know, like everything else, that's where you need contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you ha- the more people you know in the business, the easier it's going to be to do that. But you know, you just kind of keep going forward, as uh, a friend of mine always says: left foot, right foot. You know, you just put your left foot forward yep. and then your right foot forward, and you just keep going. Um, but the, the most important thing is to the moment you think you may have to make a change. At that point, as soon as you're thinking about it, either you get on the phone yourself or you delegate to somebody else to get on the phone and see what the options are, rather than waiting till the point when you've already fired them. Okay. And and to recap the entire episode here, uh, you know, maybe we can break it down into three points for for, uh, first-time filmmakers or early filmmakers. The first, I would say, first of all, trust your instincts. That's, that's the single most important thing I, I can say is, you know, you've gotten yourself into this, you've done some work, you've done your homework, you've put the whole thing together. And if your instinct says this person is not the right one for my project, 
you have to trust it. Nobody is perfect. You could be making a mistake, but you have to just trust your instinct. Second is do it as soon as possible. Don't keep putting it off and putting it off and say, well, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. Odds are really good. It's not going to. And third, as soon as you think that there's a chance that you're going to have to make a change, start then looking for a replacement or figuring out how you're going to divvy up that person's responsibilities. Don't wait till after you've pulled the trigger. The moment you start considering it, Mm -hmm. either get on the phone, have a colleague get on the phone or itemize their job responsibilities and figure out who can pick up the slack. So those are the three things that I would say. Awesome. And Mara, there's a lot of books out there about producing and, you know, indie filmmaking. This is something I've never seen in any of those books. It's what I wish somebody had said to me. Yeah. It it really is. It's not, it's a little bit to the negative side and maybe that's why nobody wants to discuss it, but we have to. Mm -hmm. And I'll give one, one, one other point. Firing somebody doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, honestly, filmmakers, most of us want to be liked as well as respected. But sometimes you have to accept the fact that that's just it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, and bite the bullet and go with it. And, you know, just think, you know, l- look at the people who are your heroes in film and think, would he or she be able to do this? If mm-hmm. the answer is yes, then go for it. Mara Lessman, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mara. Have a great day, guys. So have you ever been fired from a film shoot? We want to hear about it. Have you ever quit a shoot that uh, you didn't like? Tweet us at Borges Film or email info at Borges.com. Um, we're on iTunes. Make sure if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe to our uh, podcast and give us a star rating. And before we go, I want to also ask people to let us know if if um, you, you've ever had like a real blowout and not fired somebody and then regretted it later, not firing them. And be sure to keep it anonymous. We don't want to we don't want to yeah, cause yeah, any no, problems. We don't want names. We don't want names. We just want the, the generic story. Get Real Indie Filmmakers is created by Forrest Day Jr., also the host of Rolling Tape on YouTube. And Jeffrey Michael Bays, the author. That's you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jeffrey is the author of Between the Scenes, what every film director, writer, and editor should know. They usually don't know. (laughs) And about scene transitions. And then Suspense with a Camera, a filmmaker's guide to Hitchcock's techniques. And we're just discussing maybe trying to come up with a way to for people to win a copy of that down the road. So uh, keep tuning in. We'll maybe come up with that. The Get Real Indie Filmcast is a production of Borges Networks, 2018.